0: I'm Natalie Walton, and this is Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. Each week, I'm here to share with you some of the biggest lessons I've learned during my career and life. Some of them I wish I'd learned a lot sooner because they would have saved me a huge amount of time, stress, and even money. Many of these ideas could have accelerated my journey as a creative and business owner. I also feature interviews with inspiring creatives, entrepreneurs, and experts, to help you focus on what's most important in your life. Today, I'm going to interview interior designer, Kara Demrich. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that enrollments close this week for the Styling Masterclass. If you want to learn how to style with confidence and create visual stories that connect and create impact, you have just three days left to enroll. And a reminder that this is the last time the course will be offered at this price. Enrollments close at 5 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on Friday, the 9th of October. If you'd like to learn more, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash the styling masterclass. I'd love to have you come join me and teach you all of the biggest lessons I've learned over the past decade as a leading interior stylist for magazines, books and brands. I can't wait to help you on your creative journey. To enroll, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash the Styling Masterclass. And don't forget, this is the last time the course will be offered at this price. Okay, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all well. I've got builders in the background. So if you hear any funny noises during this introduction, that's why. I will get straight into the introduction to today's interview. I went on a road trip recently and got to meet Kara, uh, who some of you will know from the blog and her Instagram feed, Kyle and Kara. And it was so much fun to actually step into her home that she's recently renovated. And I'll share some of those behind the scenes pics on my newsletter this week. So you can just subscribe at nataliewalton.com. Anyway, we recorded this interview in her children's bunk room because it had carpet on the floor and it was nice and cozy and I love chatting her. So anyway, let's get on with today's interview and I hope you enjoy learning more about Kara and her creative journey. Hi, Cara. Thank you so much for welcoming me into your home. It's um, so lovely to see the space in real life. I've obviously seen lots of photos on Instagram and we're currently actually in your children's bedroom because there's carpet on the floor. But it's nice and cozy. And um, yeah, I, I've got so many questions for you. So I'm going to guess just get straight into it. One of the questions I always like to start with is just to kind of get a little bit more of an understanding of your childhood and where you grew up and if you were creative, if that was part of your experience, if that was, you know, what type of child you were, I guess.
1: I wouldn't actually describe myself as a creative child growing up, to be honest. I, I was never really into art and things like that. Um, But, and also at school, I was more drawn to like the academic type math than science um, subjects. In my year 12 majors, it was chemistry, physics, math, primarily. Um, But looking back, I do see that like I've always loved doing things with my hands and like helping dad with like DIY projects and, just so like upcycling furniture or, you know, I'm one of nine kids altogether. So like if I wanted something, it was I'm going to make it for myself or I'm going to make my room nice in my own way, you know, with very little money or no money. Um, I didn't realise you were one of nine. Yeah, we have got a crazy big family. Whereabouts did you grow up? I grew up um, on the central coast and we moved to Newcastle when I was in year five. Yeah. Okay, so then coming back here is
0: a coming home of sorts for you yeah, then?
1: Yeah. Um, when I was in my third year of uni, Kyle and I were t- together at that point. We've been together since we were 16. And my mum decided to – I was still at uni and living with mum. Spent a lot of time, obviously, at Kyle's house. He lived around the corner in a boy's house. And mum decided to suddenly move to Queensland. And I was like, "Well, oh, I'd better find somewhere to live. And I found somewhere. Back on the Central Coast. It just all happened in a hurry, and like I had a friend who wanted to move out too. And you know, my last year of uni was all prac, so it didn't really matter where I lived. And yeah, I came back here and just instantly felt the community and wanted to stay.
0: Okay, well, that's really interesting to know. I didn't realize that about you. And so, okay, you said that when you were at high school, you had more of these sort of maths and science subjects. Yeah. Did you have a sense then of where you wanted to go with your career and what you wanted to do after school?
1: Not really. I um, I guess growing up, you know, sometimes it's like all about pleasing your parents and like I've always had a really good relationship with my dad and he's an engineer and like a chemical engineer and, you know, he was always drawn to the maths and the science. And so I feel like for us that was um, a way for us to connect and talk over things and him to help me with things and I guess in a way I was just following the path that he did in a way and not, probably not well you just don't know when you're young do you but not a hundred percent listening to what I really wanted to do and then towards the end of high school I realized because I was saying to dad I really love the maths and that but I just He was saying maths at school is not like maths at uni. It gets to a whole new level. And I thought, well, maybe I don't want to do that. So I actually decided I'd look for a career in health and I was going to be a doctor. Got the marks to get in. Wow. Um, But I met Kyle when I was 16, like year 11. (laughs) And I don't want to say he was a distraction, but he definitely was a distraction. I think I just realised that if you're going to become a doctor, it becomes your life. And that's, again, not what I want to do. Um, so, again, it was just finding my way. And I think there's a lot of pressure on people in Year 12 to know what they're going to do for the rest of their life. Um, so I decided to study physiotherapy. Oh, okay. At the time it was super popular. I didn't know if I'd get in or not, but I did. And, yeah, decided to study physiotherapy. That's right. It's all coming back to me now. Um,
0: Okay. So then, did you have, obviously, now your world is all about homes and interiors. Yeah. Did you have any interest in that in those kind of late
1: teen years years, or even when you were at um, university? Definitely, I did. Like, I've always loved having my own little um, space. So even though I'm from a really big family, um, whether it was me me and my sister Jacqueline used to share a room and, I'd always make it really cool for us um, and then yeah through uni you've obviously got no money when you're studying and I you know needed a study desk so I'd go out to the secondhand furniture stores and find you know the beautiful old desk and spent hours and hours sanding it in the garage and that's definitely where my love of interiors began because I just you get such a buzz out of finding a table for thirty dollars and then like telling people that when they just can't believe that it's you know you know found in the dusty old antique store up the back it's it's exciting to do things up and make them new again and so then I guess most
0: people know you from the block the tv show so how did what was your journey from studying physiotherapy did you practice at all and then to that point of, of getting onto the show
1: yeah so I've I um I finished uni and got a job with New South Wales Health and I worked in the hospital system for five years and actually all through uni I worked at a private practice and realized pretty quickly like I loved the social element of it but I was just like I don't want to do this it's very physical on your body and I just realized that wasn't for me so that's why I went into the hospital system worked in intensive care for five years and um so that's when so throughout that whole period, Kyle and I bought our first house when we were 20 and every afternoon after work we would come home. We just couldn't wait to get home and start painting and sanding and laying floors and we did a big renovation on our first house and we just got the buzz, the renovation bug. And we, we actually hardly ever used to watch television but we'd see the block come on and watch snippets here and there but I just remember one night there was the... Um, the ad for it, or that they were, was like a casting call, I guess. And I had said to Kyle, that would be so fun because you, we, you're doing what we've just done in the last few years in 12 weeks and it's not even your money, it's someone else's money. Um, like, I reckon we'd be good at that, but I would never do that because I would never go on television. And he, um, that just planted a seed for him. And he, over the next few weeks, he's like, i reckon we should just let, let's just do it and you know when you have that feeling like oh, i don't know if i want to like audition like send an audition video because i just have this feeling about it like something might happen and what if i don't want that to happen and anyway he convinced me to, and the reason i agreed in the end was because i was like i'm i'm just like a worker i love just getting in and getting stuff done. And maybe if I've just got the job to do, then I'll ignore the fact that there's cameras. There. I can just be myself and just get the work done. And that's yeah exactly what we did. So we got on, um, which was a whirlwind in itself. Um, yeah, we flew down to Melbourne and we had to do a um, elimination challenge. So we were flying in, not knowing if we were actually gonna stay there or not. I'd actually just left my sister's wedding in Bali. I had to leave her wedding, that, early that night so that we could make it to the elimination challenge and like there was a lot on the line for us because we'd been planning that wedding for a long time and it felt like how could I possibly leave my sister's wedding in Bali and this holiday that we were having as a family to go and do this thing and maybe not even get in but we took a chance and it's obviously paid off.
0: Yeah so you wanted to make sure that it was worth the The sort of the side trip, I guess. Yeah,
1: and I had a really good job at the time and I loved physio, um, but I also knew how much we loved being creative on the tools. And I told my work I'll be back in 12 weeks. And, and,
0: and so was um, Kyle working as a builder or in the yep. building industry yep. at that so point? Yeah, he
1: so he'd been a carpenter for a few years. And so he pretty much did his carpentry apprenticeship while I was at uni. And then he'd just done his certificate for in building and construction but hadn't actually applied for his licence yet, and then we went on the block. So tell me a little bit, I, I didn't watch it when you were on, I mean I don't, I
0: don't really watch that show, yeah. um, but, I, you know, I know the format and, um, and kind of what it's all about. But what were the things that you learnt from that experience?
1: I learnt um, that we just, Love that process of the before and after, and putting our heads together, and you know, walking into walking into a space and going, "What what are we going to do? We've only got a week. Let's put our heads together and make something cool." I loved that whole creative experience, and I we learnt Kyle and I worked because that's the sort of experience that can make or break you. We learnt that we work really well together under pressure, and we I just we just loved the buzz and the teamwork involved in having all your trades around you and everyone working towards a common goal.
0: Yeah, we loved it. And so how did you guys
1: end up from that from that show or that season? We yeah, we came third. Um so we it pretty much all came down to auction order in our um in our series, but we're so lucky like everyone did so well. Um, yeah, we walked away with I can't even remember the exact figure now, but over $500,000. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so then, then what happened? So did you have like an epiphany during that experience, like this is what I want to do now? or Pretty much. We, um, we, we were actually just like lying in bed one morning and the camera crew, because as soon as the show stops airing, we still lived in our apartment for a few months after because um, we had a long settlement on our sale. Oh, sorry, the, the auction hadn't happened yet, so the show's airing. And we knew that if we wanted to keep, we realised how much we loved the experience and if we wanted to keep doing that, then now is our time to sort of put ourselves out there because you're on national television everyone, every night and everyone knows who you are, and, which is scary in itself because we're really not that sort of people that would want to put ourselves out there. And um, we just like, yeah, set up the building company and like Carl got his builder's license, and we set up a just pretty much just a landing page of a website um, with a bit about ourselves and you know how we could help. We did con- we offered consults to people, help them with their Renault journey. And um, we obviously were looking for building work as well. Yep. And so, yeah, we launched that. And so, is that what you did as an initial thing? Initially, following? we yeah, we, we took on some client work locally where we live, but we also um, did consults yeah, all around Australia and met some amazing people and, yeah, and just beautiful families that just feel like they know you because they've watched you on TV for three months or just feel like they've, yeah, they've connected with you in some way. And we, we met a lot of like-minded people um, and had a great time but realised pretty quickly that there's only two of us and it's hard to scale that when people just want you to come into their home. It's, there's only so many hours in a day. So what does you do then? not sustainable, especially when you want kids. Then we um, decided that what we really love about the whole process is the before and after and the journey along the way as well. So we, um, I can't remember at that point, we hadn't sold our first house yet, but we'd bought another one and that was a complete knockdown. we sat on that for a little bit and realised let's just do another reno because we love that, you know, turning old into new and decided that we would film the process um, because it's the best way of sharing our journey and giving tips along the way and being able to reach as many people as we possibly could as opposed to a one-on-one consult. We did that at Toon Bay. That was our first online series in two thousand and six fifteen, uh, No, 2016. And so, just
0: share me with me like that process, because I mean that's that's got to involve like getting film crews. and that's not just doing the work, but that's creating this
1: whole production. so yeah, ha- and and for us, that was the hard part. It wasn't the Renault and and the the late nights, you know, being on the tools and painting and doing all that, like that's hard work. Don't get me wrong, but we love that. It's the, yeah, putting yourself out there with a the Renault. We're so lucky we had a um beautiful friend Tom who we're still great friends with who was doing a bit of video as well and he offered to film it all for us and we've got a really good graphic designer who um, Dan from Two Lanes who had a lot of input and we just sort of and it wasn't saying that everyone was doing five years ago so we we just wrote a like a list of everyone every supplier that we were going to use you know go out and buy products for and then sort of just did you know put ourselves out there to them and said we're doing this would you like to be involved in any capacity that you like and just was we were hoping like oh maybe one or two of them will say yes and you know most of them did so we were felt really lucky about you know that we could do that and what about um your your
0: style in terms of like how you approach interiors did that kind of evolve during that block process or do you feel that it's It's kind of came into fruition more when you were doing Bay, or how has that emerged and how has it maybe changed even over the years? Yeah, I feel like
1: it's always changing slightly or being refined or, you know, as you change, your style changes. Definitely, um, yeah, in the block days, and especially because you're doing things so fast, you can just get lost. Or, or, or you can't find what you're after and so you use that and you throw that together and some of the things I look back on and go oh my gosh what was I thinking Or oh, how embarrassing and even at the time there was a one or two things I was like that's bad but you know you got to present something that makes for good television. Um, I think that's something that holds people back a lot as
0: well like people often when I speak to them they feel like everything's got to be perfect all the time and I mean, I've had a very different experience to you in the sense that like I did lots of styling for, for magazines but you, you, I had that experience of you've got to work with what you've got. Yeah. Some things don't turn up, you know, you've got to just really be resourceful yeah. and just make the most of the situation. But I think it's actually a really good skill, isn't and it? And that's
1: real life and there's always things that I'm tweaking. Like we've just finished this big build and we did a lot of it, um, you know, like we pulled stuff together quickly so that we could film it. but. Um, I look back on certain things, or like even in this room, I'm like, I'll probably go back and paint that wall or I'm definitely going to add some color in this room, and I really want to find a vintage piece for here and it's I think it's always evolving, and that it's hard for me because I'm a perfectionist, and I want everything to be right straight away, but it's 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 that's not how it works yeah
0: and Did you – so then you kind of then did the Toowoom Bay and then – Toowoom
1: Bay and then we did another one at Long Jetty and then that went really well and then we did this one and we've had a couple of kids along the way. (laughs) And so have you done any study or anything I studied – when I finished the block, I I was still working as a physio. So I did – even though I lived in Melbourne for a bit, I came back and came back casually as a physio and I just – the balance just, it just wasn't fitting in. Even though I love it when I'm there, I just knew this isn't long term. It was hard for me to let go because for, you know, like four years of study and five years of working, that, that was who I was. I'm a physiotherapist. It was hard for me to let go of that, but it, also I needed to realise, well, that's not what I want to do anymore. So I studied at um, the ISCD in Sydney. And I met some really beautiful people there, like Simone. That's what I thought.: Yeah, yeah that you had met her there. And how did you, did you get a lot out of that? Or do you feel like you, it was consolidating what you already knew? Or I think it's always nice to go, I, I do love study. I'm a bit of a geek. So it was nice to go back and learn about the foundations of color and um, yeah, get back to basics, but I don't know. I feel like for me personally, even with color, like on a project, I'll just go off my gut anyway. So I don't really go back to the color wheel and work it out like that. So for me, I think the best part of that experience was the connections I made. Yeah. And what about um, your design process? Can you sort of share
0: a little bit about that? Like, you know, you you find a home, and then and then what what
1: happens? Um, so I guess we're obviously looking where the home's located and we're always inspired by what's around the ha- the home so here we're surrounded by national park and the beach um, like across the road and so looking around at those colours and being inspired by that and um, the goals for the house so for this house obviously it was that we were going to live in it so how do we want to live so the layout is so important for us we wanted our yard to be in the middle of the block as opposed to a rear yard so Yeah, looking at layout first and foremost and then I love mood boarding so we've got a huge big board in our office and for any project we do I'll like pull things together for that because I love being able to walk away and then walk back again with fresh eyes and go oh that's not working and I really want this and I really want that but I have to choose because I can't have it all like you know need to pull back somewhere
0: yeah yeah well that is again something that people often kind of say to me or they struggle with this idea that, you know, they, they might like lots of different styles and they worry about their home becoming you know, like a hodgepodge of styles. Yeah. What would you
1: say to someone like that? What's your experience? Um, it's home so personal. So I guess you've got to think about how you want to live. And there's certain people that would be happy, like, you know, like they want more. More around them, and they're happy to live like that. But see if there's too much going on for me personally, um, I get a bit stressed. So I more uh, prefer to live a little bit more minimalistically, not completely. Like there's you know stuff all over the walls in this room, obviously. But um, yeah, really just think about how you want to live and and go from there. If that makes sense. I don't know if I'm answering the question.
0: Yeah. No. 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 I, I think it, it, it's so much about how you feel within a space. Yeah. And um, do you stick to rules? Would you say when you're when you're decorating or designing, or how how do you approach
1: it in that sense? I definitely, I think I'm just one of those people that goes, oh yeah, that feels right, that'll do. Yeah, or not that'll do. But I'm more of a throw together person, and I'd rather walk away and you know come back to it and go, oh, I might tweak that a little bit. It wasn't quite right, but definitely not a rules person when it comes to putting things together and and how involved in the actual
0: design process do you get involved because obviously there's the almost like the architectural design and yeah. then there's the interior design of the, the fixtures and the fittings and then obviously decoration and styling but yeah. do you employ an architect to sort of do the the actual structural design or is that No, something our, our last on?
1: four personal projects we've just used a draftsman we get along so well with them they're amazing but um we usually go to them with these. this is what we're thinking and they're, they're great because they'll go, oh, that room needs to come out another metre or you know, spatially you need to just adjust this. But with Kyle and I, Kyle's really good at working layouts and configuring things. And yeah, I definitely have input in that. So it's a long process, I guess, when you're that involved from that early on, but I'm a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> And so I've got to ask you
0: about, obviously, that's about the design process, but so many people know you also through Instagram and, yeah. and how you use that. And as you've mentioned, you've kind of done this um, sort of video series as well. What, what's your intention with how you use Instagram? Because I think that's, again, something that people really struggle with, like what to say, what to share, how much of the family to share, how much to keep private, you know, how to connect with people and create that sort of online community.
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard. Like I guess we started our Instagram because we wanted to inspire other people to give it a go. Like essentially Carl and I still feel like we're that 16-year-old kids saving up for their first home and then getting the home and working after hours and putting in the hard yards and we wanted to just show other people that it's possible and inspire other people to just give it a crack and, and you know, show them that hard work does pay off and, you know, a good before and after, we love that. But then along the way, obviously, um, well, our actual car and car Instagram was started by the Block social team. And then after the show, they sort of just go, there you go, it's yours now. So I guess it was just sharing our journey and, you know, we bought another house, come follow our journey. Um, Here's a little tip about this or look at this finished room we've done. We've used this paint colour and I guess that that's how it's always been intended. But um, people do feel like they know us personally from watching us on the show and, um, yeah, we obviously like we've had two babies along the way and we want to share that like they're, like every parent, they're like the highlight of our life and you wanna share that, but there's always that part of me that doesn't wanna to share too much. Um, and people will always assume that they know you more than, than you're actually. I'm very selective with what I do put up about them. Um, snippets here and there, but there's certain things I would never share. You know what I mean? It's, I am a little bit more selective than you might think, um, only because, yeah it's just we're living in a whole new digital era aren't we? we don't really know how our kids are going to feel in the next 20 years about what we've shared and what about how much planning and
0: sort of yeah I guess mainly planning scheduling all of that side of it goes into your feed and, and what you share as well
1: um Probably less than you might think in terms of planning. <laughs> but, I mean, if we're working with a company, like, you know, we're working on a paint campaign or, or um, you know, a certain number of DIY videos for a company, we will definitely plan those out. And re- um, with the online series we do as well because we work with a lot of brands that we love and and their digital teams obviously so they need to know and there's a lot of pro- more than anyone would even realise there's so much planning involved in that. Um, But in terms of just sharing day to day, there's not really any, um, you know, planning in regards to posting about something that's not related to working with a brand.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess what's your like sort of, I was going to say policy, but policy sounds too formal, but... I guess, how you choose to, to kind of connect? I mean, because you could spend easily all day, every day on Instagram yeah. and obviously having that kind of size of following of I think it's something like 250,000, I'm sure you get lots of inquiries. Like how do you um, create boundaries, I guess, is, yeah. is
1: more, um, I guess, the word that I'm looking for. Well, it's a good question because I feel like there's no... Yeah, it's just just such a tricky one to navigate because I don't want to be on my phone all day, and I don't want my kids to see me on my phone. I'm very conscious about not being on my phone when they're in sight. Um, But it's just as you said, it's never ending—the DMs and the comments and the—and I want to respond to them because I I truly do value everyone who follows us and everyone who engages or asks us a question like that. That is why we're doing what we are doing today because. You know people follow us so it's just finding that balance i guess and something else i wanted to
0: ask you about as well is um that I sort of notice from time to time, like we were downstairs before and I had been trying to research, say sustainable surfboards and you've, and I saw them in your rack and um, and you've already got them. And and this, I do sort of notice several things throughout what you share and, and things in your home that you sort of try and embrace sort of more natural and sustainable materials and, um, has that evolved
1: in your sort of design process and is that something that you're more and more conscious of? A hundred percent, yes. I um, I guess like a lot of people just over the years you start to realise the impact you're having and um, especially when you have kids you, you want them to have the same opportunities or the same experiences that you had and oh, we're just more and more conscious of our impact. On the environment which is hard because the building industry is one of the worst culprits you know like it's it's a tricky one so it's definitely something we've become more and more focused on moving forward and and bringing into our home and even just the toys we're bringing into the house like really conscious you know is this something that's going to last the next 20 years or is it saying it's going to break in the next year and end up in landfill being so conscious of that. This is our first new build. We've always renovated for our personal projects. And that is something that definitely, I was gonna say stressed me out, but I guess it did. It stresses stresses me out looking at the amount of waste that is being, um, yeah, used from the building industry. And what can we do better? How can we do this better? Like, I think I mentioned it before, I'm a perfectionist and if I'm not doing something um, like 100% then I don't want to do it but that's the wrong attitude when it comes to this in particular I think because you've got to start somewhere and, and one small change is going to add up you know one small change at a time I'm, I mean and you've got to if you if you made everyone sort of change their habits all at once no one's going to stick to that so it's just you know, sharing the small changes that you're making and inspiring others to take those small steps and then maybe we're all taking steps in the right direction, as opposed to, you know, telling everyone to move off grid and live that, that life that's not really practical for a lot of people. I think um, a big one that I've learnt over the last 10 years is just being clear in what you want and not being swayed by other people's opinions That could be you know your, your best friend's opinion about colour you know to go with your gut and if you really like something stick to it and you know take that path or it could even be something like oh there's so many examples i could use over the years of where i've listened to a tradie because oh no, no one does it like that love like you know but i want it. i i've got a very clear example in our first house i i just had these 200 or maybe 400 by 400 tiles on the bathroom floor and he's using these big spaces in the tiles and I wanted them closer together and he was saying to me, no one, no, we use these thick spaces and I'll forever look at that bathroom floor like, oh my gosh, those grout lines are huge. But I listened to him because, you know, he knew best in that and I didn't know. Um, Not saying don't listen to your tradies, their, their advice can be invaluable but Get other opinions if you don't like certain things. Like for our garage door at Toowoomba, Bay, I wanted I knew what I wanted and the first couple of quotes I got, the guys were saying, No, 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 everyone does it like this. And I kept saying to him, But I don't want that. I don't want what everyone else has got. This is what I want. So just being clear in what you want and um Yeah, getting other opinions. You don't have to listen to the first person that tells you what they think. Yeah.
0: So true. So true. Okay. I've got some other quick little questions for you. So just whatever comes to mind first. So I'm pretty sure this first one's hardest, but just yeah. Whatever comes to your mind first. Which five words best describe you?
1: Well, perfectionist, because I've used that word a lot in this podcast. Um, organized. I'm sensitive. I'm calm.
0: And. Need one more we'll say kind what's the best life or career lesson you've learned um
1: you know you're not stuck in the one on the one path you know I could could have easily just stayed being a physiotherapist but would that have been true to who I am not sure but you know especially for younger people if they're listening like what you do when you finish school doesn't dictate what you're going to be doing in five, 10, 15 years' time. So life's a big journey and just go with it. Great.
0: Um, what's your proudest career achievement?
1: I think for us producing the three online series, I feel like it's, a, it's been a big process, big learning experience. We've learned a lot and we're proud of what we've created. What's been your best decision? Maybe saying yes when Carla asked me out. He's a good egg. <laughs> Who inspires you? So many people. Um, there's, you know, my friends inspire me, my family inspires me from a creative point of view. Um, oh, I'm so inspired by Amber. Lewis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's amazing. But on on Home Grand. You, you're amazing, Natalie. You went to oh. me. Um, Simone from Soul of Jeringong, the Soul yep. Home.
0: She inspired yep. me. Um, what are you passionate about?
1: Passionate about um, people having beautiful homes.
0: <laughs> me too. <laughs> what dream do you still want to fulfil?
1: No, I'm just excited to see where life takes me um, um what are you reading I've got three books on the go at the moment I've just I've got a couple of pages left of the happiest man on earth Ah, is that what it's called yeah happiest man on earth is that fiction no it's a true story about a man who survived through the Holocaust and it's, oh my oh, gosh. It's, it's an amazing story. I recommend it. Wow. I'm reading um, Women in Leadership by Julia Gillard. How's that? Uh, well, I'm only maybe a chapter in. Okay. And, I'm, I, yeah, it's interesting, but I needed to break it up with other books. So then I'm also reading Big Magic. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you read that before? No.
0: Yeah, I've, I've, I've probably read it about two or three times. The first time was a long time ago.
1: Yeah.
0: But it, I think it's one of those books that you can go back to.
1: Yeah, I felt like it was a little bit slow, hence why I've got three books on the go. But definitely um, I would recommend Happiest Man on Earth.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And what are you listening to at the moment? Do you listen to any podcasts or do you listen to audiobooks
1: or music? I, I listen to... Podcasts all the time. Well, actually, not as much at the moment because I'm not spending nowhere near as much time in the car. That's when I would normally do it. Um, well, the last one I listened to was your one. But I listened to, uh, like, I listened to My Millennial Money, like a money podcast. I've got a property podcast on the go. What's and, the
0: property one that you
1: listen to? Um, the Property Couch. Ah. Property Couch. The guy's based in Melbourne. Um, House of Style podcast. I love Australian birth stories too. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I know lots of people are addicted to that one. I... And I love No Filter with Mia Freeman. I just feel like her interview style. I'm, I'm often when I'm listening to one of her interviews about like thinking in my head, but why? And she goes, but why? So I, lo- I feel like our train of thought is similar. Yeah, that's
0: good. Interesting. And what piece of advice would you give to your
1: younger self? Um. Don't worry so much and don't don't worry so much about what people think to do what feels true to yourself yeah nice thing to end on thank you so much for your
0: time it's thank been really coming. lovely to hear a little bit more about your journey um, yeah that's great thanks thank so much you. all right everyone i hope you've enjoyed this interview and learning more about Kara's creative journey Before you go, if you haven't done so already, can you please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast? It really does help spread the word to other people who might find it helpful. You'll find show notes for this episode at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast forward slash 25 because this is episode number 25. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast and the people of the Bunjalong Nation where it was recorded. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton, and you've been listening to Imprint.